How come you don't know a goddamn thing about your own culture? My culture? Listen, champ. I was raised in the valley. My dad's a white guy who's a dentist. I know about malls, MTV, driving dad's car on Mulholland. That doesn't explain the Bushido. Mom decided for a Japanese identity I should study the martial arts. Actually, she had this idea about flower arranging first, but, you know, be serious. What's your excuse? I was raised in Japan. Did you have to do that flower arranging stuff? A warrior who knows only one side leaves himself vulnerable to attack. Welcome back to Flickers from the Cave. After celebrating our 200th episode and the new year, we wanted to start it off right with some big, glorious action movies with Dolph Lundgren himself. And, um, you know, every action hero needs a Rambo role and a buddy cop comedy role. And these two movies that we're about to talk about, uh, The Red Scorpion from 1988 and Showdown in Little Tokyo from 1991. <laughs> Hello, yeah. I'm Julie. <laughs> hey, I'm Marty. I'm Mike. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. First show of 2022 and we're, we obviously have gotten rusty in the time off. So. It's three years after Blade Runner and I still don't have a spinner. Oh, but this is the year of Soylent Green. True. Yeah, the future is now. So, yeah. So, brace oh, yourselves, y'all. I ain't needing that also, Soylent Green. It could be, like, infected. Oh, Alien Intruder? Alien Billy Intruder. D. Williams? It's another 2022 Oh, flick. is it really? Okay. Is it right? Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I thought about picking some, but I was like, man, I'm not going to do that to you guys. Like, we need to start this year off right... <laughs> Well, you certainly uh, did start us off right, Julie. These yes. were both very entertaining. <laughs> it's, these are movies that don't reach that high, but man, they grab what they're reaching for. See, these are... I disagree. I just I think these are great. Great, oh. glorious 80s, 90s no action. Argument. 100%. No yeah. This but they're is... not trying to be fucking Macbeth or you know Citizen Kane. These are movies that are like, <laughs> let's just blow some shit up and punch some motherfuckers. And they do. Now, they're more McBain than Macbeth. They're 100% more <laughs> <Yes>. Macbeth. <laughs> Have your worst nightmare, so- Budhorn. Uh, but Dolph Lundgren uh, is definitely my favorite action hero from that era. So beyond JCVD? Oh, man, yeah. Like, hands down. I love JCVD, but Dolph has my heart. That's he cool. is my Mary in my fuck Mary kill game. 
<laughs> of action superstars. Well, you, I, I, is it because we know that he is also really smart and really like um, accomplished? Uh, yeah, like yeah. like not just a, a nice body and not just like um, you know a a pretty good actor. I would say. Yeah, he's also a chemical engineer. Right. Well, he's got like a PhD, right? Uh, yes, I, I yes. believe he has a PhD. Masters? I think okay. it's I think it's a PhD because it, I was reading the thing. He s- was from Switzerland, I believe, or Sweden. I think that's correct, Switzerland. Sweden came and studied. Oh, I thought it was Switzerland. Okay. He came and studied in maybe California. Then he went to Clemson in South Carolina. Oh, really? And then finished in Australia is right. where he got his PhD in chemical engineering. Cool. But it and fucked said, him up because the water went the different direction there right, and it threw right. all of his calculations <laughs> out the window. So. so then he said, I'm just going to go beat the shit out of people on camera. Because <laughs> well, he but, looks good doing it. But, yeah, he, but he was like uh, the European karate champion. Well, he's stupidly qualified to do everything. It's like, but like I mean, he's an actual, <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, medal winning karate master. Fucking karate dude. Yeah, and he so, like, he. An embarrassment of riches, this man. And also a fucking physical specimen. And according to Brandon Lee, the biggest cock he's ever seen. Yes. On a man. Yeah, the biggest cock I've seen on a man. Which was interesting. I, that did make me think, like, who are you hanging out with, Brandon? Right. I've seen some women with bigger ones, but... That's right. Go, yours was n- numero uno. I've seen this lady, RuPaul. Yeah, it's like... Hmm. <laughs> she gave Dolph yeah. a, a run for his money. A visual joke for a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, oh, the first movie we're going to talk about is from uh, a director we've covered quite a few movies by. At least two, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, Didn't we do his uh, Friday the 13th? For sure. Yeah, because we did the first four. Right. And he directed. This is Joe Zito. He directed. uh the final chapter, which is arguably, I mean, depending on who you talk to, it's arguably the best of the series. It is really damn good. It has the best dance scene out of any of the series. Yes, it does. <laughs> the best, the best Christian, um, what's this? Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover yes. I've ever uh-huh. seen. And the best use of a corkscrew. <laughs> Oof. Speaking, right, speaking yeah. of Crispin Glover. Right in behind that. Yeah. <laughs> and but we also uh, did, um, Missing or uh, Invasion USA, also mm-hmm. from Mr. Zito. Monsieur Zito, which was a hoot. Yeah, it's all. I mean, <laughs> the dude just has. As we were watching this, and I mean, I'm sure I've looked at the guy's filmography before, uh, but it was I. It just I maybe didn't register. But as we were watching uh, Red Scorpion when it was over, I started looking up stuff about Joe Zito because mm-hmm. it is so assured, like uh, confidently directed. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he just, it's everything just firing on all cylinders and everything sort of lands and is great. And so I was thinking this dude's got to have like 50 movies that he mm-hmm. made. He's made 11 movies. Yeah. Well, one of those was a music video for Alice Cooper. And the first one was like a, a porn thing in the seventies. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he's so really movie movies. He's directed like eight, nine things. But man, is he's he's just so like, I don't know. To say competent makes it like diminishing. 
but he's so self-assured in his direction. It's just, I don't know. I was, I was super impressed. I get, it looks like he works with the same cinematographer a lot. I was just looking it up because that was my only real beef with the movie was I didn't think it looked great. Um, for for uh, Red Scorpion? Yeah, I just thought there's like they the way it was lit and stuff, it was very sort of soap yeah. opera-y. I mean, the outside stuff is what it is, but like the interiors and stuff were all just like flatly lit. There was no... Yeah. It just wasn't great Not looking. Not a lot of dimension. Yeah, it's just very, um, very basic as far as the lighting, but the action and stuff The locations great. were great. The oh, locations man. Were Africa. Amazing. It's the same area they shot uh, Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Yes. told me that. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, we'll talk about cinematography more probably when we when we get to our next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, fun fact with this too, with the Friday the Thirteenth tie-in, is make- makeup effects was um, fantastically done with that severed arm and the machete by Tom Savini. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I really cool. yeah, me I too. He was not used enough in this. I, when I heard it was Savini, I was ready for some gore or some like really awesome violence, and it just did not really have that. I didn't think. I it didn't, but it had a lot of heart. Oh, I'm not. I'm not at all putting the movie down. I'm just saying that when you see Tom <laughs> Savini in the credits, you're like, oh fuck! I'm gonna see some heads come off, and you really didn't. In fact, that one, the the chick, the the no wait, that's in Showdown in Little Tokyo. The girl that. Gets oh, yeah. I was about to say. Oh, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. But totally. I'll, I'll contain um, myself. So let's talk. Uh, let's just lay down the plot. So, like, the idea is we have um, Dolph Lundgren, who is a Spetsnaz agent or a Spetsnaz uh, soldier in Russia, and he is called in to go on a special mission where he is going to go to this African country where. There's um, a, a leader that is getting everybody all excited and, and lined up to fight against the, the, the Russian interests there. And so he goes in and he has to go undercovers, which means he has to go in and beat up a whole bunch of his countrymen. Um, and so that it'll look like he's not like on their side. And that was and a fucking astounding bar fight. And then he is supposed to earn the trust of these people and then murder this leader. And in the sort of course of the movie, he grows a heart like the fucking Grinch that gets three sizes too big. And he sees that his countrymen are the bad guys and he fights for this other country. Dirty communist who realizes the error of his ways. Yes, which I I like that. he's like... He's the perfect killing machine because he's cold and like that tough personality. And then he wears those short shorts, which thank you for putting him in those short shorts. (laughs) Whoever did that. The dude is a fucking specimen. Yeah. Yeah. And he has that like punk style haircut. Well, he Yeah, that was a crazy haircut. He does this thing where his eyes are like heavily lidded. So like his eyes will be just slits. And he looks looks like he's either super pissed off or – um, high as shit, but it looks like he is just about <laughs> to just kill you right now, and he don't care. And it's uh-huh. awesome. And um, he does that a lot. And the, But there are times in the movie where later in the movie, after he's had to sort of change a heart, where he smiles, and it is just such a winning, charming uh-huh. smile. And it's like, like a light comes on. Like you're like, wow, I did not know that dude had that in him. It would know, really be good. It would be really interesting to see him. I mean, maybe now it's a little late to do this, 
because now he would be playing somebody's dad mm-hmm. in a movie. But like to have seen him in this same era have taken a turn and play like a just like a straight romantic lead. Yeah, because I, I mean, he, he ever did. That. I would love to see that. Right, I'm Julie, sure. Did I mean, he ever but do that. As far as I you don't know. think so. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, that that's typecasting. You I mean, know he what definitely I mean? like banged a lot of chicks in his day and in, in his flicks. But you know, there's always a love interest, but never sus- like a straight rom. I don't know if I've ever seen him in a even a romantic situation in a movie. Well, in the second movie, yes, you did. You did. did I? Hell yeah! Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, Tia that's Kerr? right. That's right. What's I forgot up? about that. I Damn, wonder if was that hot. was. I wonder if that was really her body, or if that was a body. No, was. because that was the worst like wig oh, on the I body didn't double. Even, I didn't even notice that body was really hot. Yeah, it was hard to look at the wig because I was. Yeah, I didn't even notice there was. Otherwise, a I, yeah, I didn't know there was hair or anything in that scene. There was just all yeah, titties. I was just only on looking the, at boobies and butt. Just on the head. <laughs> oh, so was the tip. <laughs> That's right. Um. So yeah, so the movie has this. So the 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 plot sort of rolls right along. It, it moves fast. We do get to there's a like a sadistic torturer. There's um, these uh, the evil generals, and um, there's mm-hmm. this mega weapon that this one dude has that like shoots holes in everything. And like as soon as you saw it, I was like, oh, he's gonna kill the bad guy with that gun later. Is you uh-huh. know, Chekhov's Chekhov's mega weapon. Um, the death toll is high in this movie. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. like movie. knives and shoots and like martial arts people to death. It's cool. Yeah. Ice T was like, yeah, that's a body count. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, um, they do a really cool thing in this, which Rambo also did. So the Russians had a, helic- a helicopter gunship called the Hind, which is oh, just yeah. this, that thing is amazing, incredible piece mm-hmm. of technology. That's just this enormous helicopter that's just fucking covered in weapons, and it's have- a flying tank. Yeah, they, they have Basically. one in this movie. And, you know, it was the villain in that Rambo movie where he had well, to fight it. That was in Rambo 3, right? Yeah, Afghanistan. Which came out the same year. Both of them were 88. Um, so, anyway, this thing, there's just these shots, these, like, um, sort of long-distance shots where you see this hind just sort of flying around, yeah. like, off in the distance. And the first thing I thought when I saw that was, this is like when you see the fin from the shark going through the water mm-hmm. it's like this is a scary thing that i hope doesn't notice me because uh-huh. it's like yeah. that thing could turn around and get to me before i could get away and it was awesome and i think the way they sort of portrayed this helicopter as the ultimate big baddie in this movie and the way it sort of just stayed on the periphery but when it would show up it was like oh fuck y'all run yeah, it was devastating because at first you just saw the aftermath. There's a part where they're hiking through the fucking desert and they come over a hill and the, an entire village has been just decimated. And like women, children, you know, all dead. And it's fucking heavy. Yeah, it's there's a lot there's a lot of that stuff in, in yeah. Red Scorpion. I mean, where it's like the brutality is not soft pedaled. No, it's good. And it's and its impact on Dolph Lundgren's character is apparent i mean this is where his change happens and i liked that he even after seeing all that stuff when he does finally get to that leader he almost goes through with the mission well that's the what is it spatchnosh or whatever is it spatchnosh am i saying that right his his thing it's spetsnots spetsnots that's the the training that he's been through it's like that special forces right 
thing, uh, you know, you complete the mission at all costs. You block out all the humanity of the situation. Yeah, there it's like yeah. um, you know, the in America we have the like the navies have the navy has the seals. Um the army has what the green berets. Green berets. That might be the Marines. Rangers. Yeah, Army, army Rangers, yeah. Army Rangers yeah. and Marines have the um green berets. But anyway, those are like the elite fighting force, you know. We are building a fighting force of extraordinary magnitude. <laughs> The, the what he needed was like an angry American reporter to be his conscience and to point out how bad the mm. the, but the, the dirty Russians were. But who would you who would you hire for that sort of job, Mike? Like who would be your dream? I would go to Texas and find like some low rent private investigator who drives a Volkswagen. Oh, so like an MM at Walsh type? And yeah, an MM at Walsh type. <laughs> Let me tell you, MM at Walsh was my favorite part of this movie. Really? Yeah, because he was so over the top, so broad, and so goofy. I just loved every bit of his scenery chewing. I just thought it was I I mean, loved he was really every, funny. I loved yeah. every time he would call somebody like that dirty Russian, broad, fucking Russian cocksucker's motherfucker. Oh, and it's funny because, <laughs> like, at one point, Dolph goes, Do all Americans swear as much as you or curse as much as you? <laughs> yes. And he goes, and they yeah, do motherfucker, it. we do, because it's called <laughs> a fucking speech. That's We're right, something you wouldn't know. Dirty goddamn communist son of a... It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But then at the end, Dolph Lund- Lundgren like, is like, um, oh. let's kick some ass. Well, the yeah. last yeah, the last thing where he says is like, yes, fucking A. And it was like... <laughs> he, like, shoot the fucking gun on the truck without lifting it out of the ground. It will still work, Dolph. You don't need to lift the truck out of the hole before you but fire the gun. man, did it look cool. And it intimidated <laughs> it the it intimidated everybody, too, because it's like, he's picking up a truck. Well, and there's a fucking 200-pound M.M. at Walsh sitting in there while he's trying to lift it. I'm like, at least get the fuck out of the truck, Emmett. I, did, I thought the same thing. It's like, give the guy a, a hand, at right. least. Like, you don't have to try to... Don't sit there and he, add weight to it. He just deadlifted that car. Yes. It was amazing. Well, I've always wanted his workout tape, and like that just makes me want it even more. Well, and he lifts a car in Showdown in Little Tokyo, too. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker yeah, lifts stuff. That, the bar fight Let's scene go. in Red Scorpion. Yes. Let's talk about that. When he walks in there, he is, it looks like, and I know there's like ratchet rams and stuff to jerk a stuntman out of a scene mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but it, it looked, it looked like in so many scenes or so many shots in that sequence that he was just like flicking people. Yes. Uh-huh. It looked like, and they would just fly out of frame. But it also looked like he could do that because. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't stature. look fakey or special effectsy or whatever. It looked just like he was that ridiculously powerful. Yes. Everybody looked like they were five feet tall. Yes. Yes. Yep. Everybody looked, it looked like, uh, you know, somebody beating up a, a daycare class. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like exactly all these what it looked like. Tiny little people getting the shit beat out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and the one guy that, that keeps awesome. getting his nose broken repeatedly. Yes. It was great. I, 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 that bar fight scene was when I, I think I first texted y'all and said, I'm about like 20 minutes into this thing. And it is fucking good. And that well, it rolls right. It's, it's great. The way that's, kind of 
written into it. It's like you get that basic setup and then that happens. And then if you're not like perked up and ready for the rest of the movie after that, then you're not going to, you're, this is just stop watching, mm-hmm. go watch another movie so because movie that's <laughs> right. That sets the tone for the whole thing. And then like after that, it's just like wanton destruction I, I, you know, it really delivered on all of the like promised big action and military stuff. But what surprised me and impressed me the most about it was that it actually did have this interesting arc for the character and a real, a real heart. I mean, there was actually a political message and sort of um, just an overall message of just like we can all get along and about the sort of um, when he meets the Bushman. And, and like, that's my favorite me part too. character. Good. Me yeah, that too. Dude was, that dude's was great. Wow. What a he's great introducing character. himself to him. Yes. And, and he's I like, am. I am. And then he was named I am the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So cute. That was and great. And then he like saved his life and yep. like gave him that vision quest yes. with that like scorpion cut yes. on his chest. And he looked even hotter. Well, then he made him great. some sandals. Oh, like when he adorable. made him the sandals, because he was like messing with his feet and he woke up, you know, and then he wakes up and he gives him the sand. It was like that stuff was just, I wish I could, I realized as I was watching it that I had this giant smile on my face yeah. during all of that mm-hmm. stuff in the middle of this crazy, violent action movie. It was like, I don't know. It was just, I, I was in, so pulled into that aspect of the story. That was just such yeah, a, a great agreed. addition that was not. I don't think they needed that for this movie, but this movie reached for it and fucking did it. And that yeah, dude, it, that actor was amazing. Yes. Was. Yes. He was His awesome. face had like a million miles on it and it was, every one of them was fucking interesting. And I just wanted it to just stay locked on his face because it was an incredible thing to look at. I, just I was, was blown away by that. Me too. Agreed. And that was as much as I like, and I love all the action stuff, the shoot 'em up and all that. But like, without a doubt, that sequence, that like kind of passage of the movie with mm-hmm. him and the and the Bushman was like probably the thing that I came away from it the most sort of like touched by, moved by. I just it thought reminded that was, me of the Naked Prey and that movie with Jenny Ogden or the um, Walkabout, Walkabout, where she's yeah. with the the Aboriginal guy. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, it was good. It was great. Yeah, I just that that sort of bl- that melding of cultures. And, you know, in this case, it's Soviet culture, but um, it's still the you know more of the West. Right. That it's 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 mm-hmm. developed, overdeveloped industrial mm-hmm. society meeting more agrarian or not even agrarian because these guys more hunter gatherer than like native sort of right cultures. Yeah. So Mike, you had turned me on to that dude on YouTube, the Renegade Cut guy. Yeah. I ended up watching several of his videos. Very, very interesting. Really um, good stuff. And I'm following him on Twitter now. Um, but anyway, I watched a few about uh, transphobia. I watched one about that that one you recommended about the... Queer theory. Queer theory and 80s action movies or 90s action movies or whatever. You need to watch that, Julie. It's really fascinating. Really, okay. really interesting. They talk about I'll Tango send you and a, link. a lot. and um, <laughs> Of course and they do. Showdown in Little Tokyo and some other stuff. But it's like... What about really, Roadhouse? Oh, I, you know, I know, I did, you know, I haven't finished it. So maybe they get into Roadhouse at the end, Mike. Do they? I can't remember if they get into Roadhouse, but like to me, like Tango and Cash was the first action movie I saw that was like so overtly 
full of that stuff. Yeah, erotic, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, oh, anyway, he, he romance. Got, the dude was so funny, but <laughs> yeah. it's like he keeps going, this is like this cinematic no homo kind of thing, like where it's like, hey, we just killed a bunch of people, so obviously no homo. And I just, right. it, it was really funny to hear him like break it all down. But the dude's like, the dude's obviously really smart and really looking at things at a deeper level than I ever will. So um, I, I, I appreciate you sending that uh, information along. Yeah, Dylan got me hooked up on it. Yeah, it's and interesting. Like, it's nice little kind of 15 minute chunks of really in depth, like little 15 minute sort of deep dives on, on stuff. But he has stuff about games too, video games and stuff. So that's really, yeah. So, I mean, it was and some of it stuff I'm into. Some of the renegade cut stuff is mostly funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of it is deep and thought provoking. And some of it is about games. Some of it's about pop culture. Some of it's about politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's just, I don't know. It's yeah, a fascinating it's thing. Uh, point of view. So clearly we love this movie. I did. Yeah, this was good. But we are second movie. Apparently is even oh, more beloved shit. by the, by the flickers gang. So let's move on to our second movie from 1991 showdown in little Tokyo. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah, he, he works for a group called Tetsunotsume. It's the Iron Claw. Okay, he's Yakuza. It's a perversion of the warrior class that dates back to the 12th century. So these guys have been pissing you off for a long time. This is not going to work out. I'm going to tell Nelson to send you back to wherever he found you. Don't do that. They don't really want me back. I have a problem keeping partners, too. Well, I'm not surprised. I hate you already. Okay, I want to find out the name of his boss, his Oyabun. Oyabun? Yeah. Well, if he tells you, the boss man isn't going to be happy. His choice. What's he doing? Mother. That was nuts. What the fuck did he do? He made his choice. In his world, that was the honorable way to die. What world is that? Let me get this straight, Kenner. You lost all your suspects because you two were too busy whacking on each other, right? Yeah, yeah, except one. He just uh, broke his own neck. You arrest the nicest people. So this one's another with uh, another that stars Mr. Lundgren. In all of his finery, um, and uh, but our, his co-star in this, his buddy in this buddy cop genre is Brandon Lee. Yeah. What was that movie we did with Brandon Lee, Julie? Before. Rapid, Rapid fire. fire. Rapid Fire. Okay, yeah. Which I think he was better in that than he was in this, but he definitely can sell the karate, the kicking, the punching, all that stuff. I mean, he's very good. I did think it was interesting that they have a dude who's father was Chinese um, playing a Japanese American. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but you know, in that time period, they did a lot of that. They did a lot. Well, they still do a lot of that. Let's be honest. Yeah, Um, exactly. But, um, dude, the fucking villain in this, the dude with, is it one of the greatest villains of all time? I did not know 
like because he is like uncredited in Big Trouble in Little China, I, and I didn't. I just can't believe you guys haven't seen this before. This is hands down one of my favorite movies. This dude is such a good villain because he has that look. Like his just you look at him, you're like, oh, I'm fucking terrified of that guy. He is a he has bad. a thing in his eyes. He has a yes. thing in his eyes like a uh, an intensity. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It is. It is a lot, and um, and and obviously, I mean. I know you noticed it, Julie, but like Al Leong is in this. Oh yeah, uh-huh. you know, just in the background as just part of the stunt team. But I was like, oh fuck, look, and like you know, so there's all these familiar faces like running around. When, when they were Actually, getting uh, electrocuted this go round, I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, that's a guy from Ninja Busters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the they cut to when he's escaping the house with Tia yeah. Carrera and, yeah. and Al Leong Al- shows up, I said. Is that Al Young? And Dylan said, "Of course, it's Al Young." Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured he would show up. Yeah, look but, at this era. Look at this movie. Right. Well, why would he not be in this movie? Um, yeah. I mean, to me, he was the dude from uh, Die Hard. You know, like that's what I always knew the, him as until I learned his the name. The candy. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, it is, the but then like electrocutioner. Yeah, there's well, that, but there's somehow every time I see his face. The image that it, it immediately pops into my head is in the alley in Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. where he's uh-huh. spinning. He's got the cleavers, yeah, and he's kind of doing that thing where he's sort of spinning them like a pistol or something, and he's just right there about to go down and just like, like go at it. It's wild. Yeah. We are talking this long about a dude that shows up in two scenes in the background <laughs> of the movie we're talking about, but that's just how oh. awesome this dude is, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also, um, he has two laundry fight scenes. One was in Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee, and another one... Tango and Cash. A death Warrant. Doesn't he it's fight in the laundry in Tango and Cash, too? Is it Tango and Cash? Because they're in the prison. Mm-hmm. I think it's Death Warrant. Cause it's, no, because it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. He fights. Okay, okay. Uh, I, have no um, I will for Tango sure defer Cash, to you. Yeah, Julie, you're the expert. I remember... Here. The fight and there's the electrocution fight on the rooftop. Yeah. Well, he's Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted. Yeah. Classic. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Anyway, that's that's a background stunt player in this movie. So let's let's get into it. So in Showdown in Little, Little Tokyo, we have Dolph Lundgren as an LAPD officer and Brandon Lee as a LAPD officer and they come in and they are forced to be partners in um, and Dolph's sort of beat is China is a little Tokyo. So not China. The Asian crime unit. Yes. Yeah. The ACU. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, they get mixed up in a whole bunch of drug dealing, meth, super ice shenanigans. And um, they have to stop the bad guys that are, like dealing this poison on the street. That's right. And they own a club. That's right. And it's called, uh, I can't remember. What was it? It was like the, oh shit. Cause he say it's da like a, Banshia. A, what is it? It's bonsai. the club. Bon, is it Bonsai? It is Bonsai. I think it's Bonsai. Cause anyway, they say this is, it's funny. Cause there's all this neon everywhere. And club? people, this was clearly like before a lot of this stuff had been, popular like there's they talk about sushi like it's what's that and they talk about 
karaoke and stuff like it's like oh what is this thing you're talking about like brandon lee has no fucking idea about anything and even stuff like seppuku i would i would just figure people know about that you know but they talk about it like huh what's that so i don't <laughs> well know. what i thought was cool and it was like i'm this is not a smart movie it's not a it is, it's i don't want to say that like the uh Ultimately, it's a big, dumb action movie. Yes. But I think it is deceptively smartly written. They do a lot of subverting of expectations by having the giant Swedish guy having grown up in Japan, and yes. he follows he follows all the martial arts warrior spirit. And Brandon Lee says, I grew up in the valley. Mm-hmm. My, dad, my dad was a white guy. My mom only made me study martial arts just so I could hang on to some of my heritage. Right. He said, it was either I know about flower arranging. Right. Yeah. And then Dolph Lundgren says, well, you know, the warrior that focuses only on combat is only half the warrior. Right. right. Or something like that. So it's about that. that ba- He's got the yin and yang balance. And Brandon Lee tells him, says, you know, I grew up, I know about the mall. I know about like going out and cruising. Right. And so I thought that was a really kind of fascinating little way to subvert your expectations. And then you have this outsider introducing this other culture to basically a person who's part of that culture. The thing where speaking to the Sepico thing, where like when that was taking place, Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil too much of it because it's actually, again, I think a deceptively smartly written movie and, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the other aspects of the script. But so, I, so when they saying, see that happening, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, are you saying that it's like sort of like where you can get a young adult novel that's really well written for what it is? Or are you yes. saying, okay, good. I, I 100% yes. agree that as at this level of sort of production and storytelling, I think it's really successful. And having watched... Not as many as Julie, clearly, but having watched a glut of these movies and growing up through this era and watching tons of these action movies from all the first run of speaking of of, of Mark Lester, Commando, and like all of the Schwarzenegger Firestar. stuff, like Firestarter. But I'm talking about now specifically yeah, like the action, action stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. The one-liner moments in this movie. And the stuff that was written intentionally as as comedy mm-hmm. was some of the most successful comedy to me in an action movie. Like, not like Last Action Hero or Die Hard or, or anything Weapon. like that. Or Lethal Weapon. Because that's genuinely ne- funny. And that's next level. But I thought so much of this stuff was genuinely funny. Like, there was stuff that you talk about Brandon Lee not being a great, not being great in this role. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's bad. I don't. I think it's just that the character is kind of a moron. Yeah, he's kind of out of his. He's, he's, he's out of his death be- because you kind of hate him at first, and you're like, "Oh my god, you're so annoying!" But then you learn to love him, and he does have those like great like. There's like the industrial fight scene, and then he's like, "I told you you were under arrest," and then it was like, "You have the right to remain dead." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. think that's so awesome. You know, by the time they have the f- him. By the time they have the fight in the bathhouse, that like was a great fight, that's an incredible fight, oh, yeah, and Brandon Lee completely proves his his medal in that fight. That as far as respect, right? He earns Dolph Lundgren's respect, and I think as a viewer, he earned my respect. But like, 
he's just kind of a dumb guy and the character is a dumb guy. Like when he sees the sepulchre about to take place, it's like going, yeah, she's straightening up. I don't know. She's I don't know. Just Somebody like left a big knife behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. Right. And that's when Dolph Lundgren says, you take the car. Right. Yeah. I'll go kill 10 people. I'm going to go kill everybody in that house. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. That made me think of a very obscure. It made me think of a very obscure Monty Python reference that I don't, Marty. I don't even know if you would get. I think you probably would, but there's the one where Michael Palin is accidentally sucked back into the Middle Ages, and he's like a police detective investigating the proliferation of pornography, and he's Sir Philip Bleeding Sidney. No, when he's like up on the, they're up on this this rise, and like all these tall ships are coming in. Yeah. And they're going, oh, the Spanish Armada. And he says, all right, you wait here. I'll go and get them. <laughs> and it's like eight <laughs> ships coming in. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. Anyway. Re- no, that does not. But yeah. Um, Too much PBS at a young age. Yeah, I, that's shocking to me that I don't remember that at all. But So there is a really great scene where the villain gets this unmercifully hot woman named Angel. Oh, holy moly. And we we think he's going to assault her sexually, but he ends up chopping her fucking head off. But he that, gets her drugs and then pretends that he's about to have sex with her and then chops her head off. Right in front of everybody. Yeah. And videotapes cool. it. He likes to videotape yeah. his actions. So um, that was some grim shit. And then doesn't he, he cracks a one-liner like, oh, she really lost her head over this or something. <laughs> he did. It's some kind of thing. <laughs> Did he? Because Dylan yeah. and I sat here for about like we we traded about like eight or ten barbs back and forth about like you know she's getting a head start, right? He wanted her to get ahead in business. Yeah, he I believe to- he does crack a one liner at that point. Later, yeah. <laughs> um, but then he makes Tia Carrera watch that mm-hmm. as as like as once he has her. Yeah, he's like, "Here's your friend Angel. Now you know what can happen to you." He is Aww. such a great villain. He's amazing. And he's, he's really. He's the highest caliber of bad villain, I think. He's awesome. That dude. And I can't. It's Corey something's his name. I can't think what it is. Feldman. Yeah. He's one. Of, he's the third <laughs> Corey. It's like super make, really well done makeup. It's Corey Feldman. But yeah. It's, yeah. He's hiding from the the Hollywood pedophiles. So. <laughs> one of the frog brothers. Um. <laughs> Well, I loved that when they, so after, shortly after that, then you realize that he has that Red Dragon brewery. Yes. And yes. Um, they're trying to smuggle drugs through the brewery. And that's super interesting. And you have like this cool hand chop scene. And like, there's like a Hell's Angel that works there mm-hmm. and got his like hand chopped off. And he has like a cigarette, which is pretty cool. Kind of similar well, to a. Uh, go, I'm sorry. Other, Oh yeah, with the, the other hand chop and, and red scorpion. That's the, true. Um, you know, well, um, there's also that because uh, he had a grenade in that the grenade. Yeah, words. The, the bad guys in this are all members of the uh, yakuza, so they all have those amazing full body like tattoos. Yeah, those were all temporary tattoos yeah. that they put on yeah. these guys. So well, they had so they had a guy on because I looked at the makeup crew and like. It was a bunch of people at names I recognized, but there was one guy and his whole thing was he was the tattoo well, guy. The opening of this movie where they have the really big muscly tattoo guy and they're like shining the 
yeah. credits on his body. That shit That's was cool. next level again yes. for a movie, this type of movie. I just thought that was from 1991. Beautiful, beautiful, like great choice. Really set the tone. I thought that was. I great. thought so too. I thought it was yeah. great. And definitely, like, in that time period, you never saw people with tattoos. So me as a kid, just watching that, like, I remember, I mean, I must have seen that bathhouse scene, like, a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, this was definitely a movie that I would, like, rent at the tape store over and over again as a kid. Like, the tape store employees would make fun of me, and they knew that I had a huge crush on Dolph at 10 years old. Right. And, they, like, this guy, Josh, who I had also had a crush on, who worked there. Um, would always just be like, oh, showdown in Little Tokyo again, Julie? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, I had seen a bunch of like stuff about the Yakuza, you know, throughout life. So, you know, you know about these tattoos and sort of what that represents and how they have it up to a certain point. Um, mm-hmm. Like where their shirts and stuff can cover it up because that like reveals that you're part of the Yakuza when you have these sort of tattoos. But you saw all these dudes with those and there's the moment where the guy like fucks up and he has to chop his finger off for the leader. That shit was Uh fucked up, Mm. but I've seen that, you know, we've seen, we've all seen that in other movies where these dudes are sort of forced to do that, that sort of code. Uh, But I thought it was really well done. And then obviously that was not enough. Don't they do that in, in the Yakuza, the one with, uh, I think they do it in a lot of those. I I know talking with Robert Mitchum and, but I'm talking about the one Robert Mitchum and Richard Jordan. Yeah. That is a great movie. The um, you know, in Ichi the Killer, there's the thing where the guy Ooh. takes his tongue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's all that stuff with those needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes the stuff in Red Scorpion with the needles look like a craft room accident. Yeah. I mean, it was well done in Red Scorpion, but it wasn't like Ooh. anything outrageous. Um, so so so, Mike, you mentioned that you really like Showdown in Little Tokyo, so. Like get it I now. liked it. I think what got me was that like so much, like so many of these movies, the action movies, like from this era that, that, that wanted to tread that line of comedy and, and, and good action. Mm-hmm. So often the comedy sort of fell flat, mm-hmm. but I just thought that like, I don't know if it was the, the, the delivery. I think partly it was the chemistry between, I think there was a real chemistry between Brandon Lee yeah. and Dolph Lundgren. It's partly just, it's a like a freaking Laurel and Hardy almost because it's Brandon Lee looks like a tiny little kid yeah. next to Dolph Lundgren because he's so big. <laughs> but then, like you said, hundred percent martial artist sells it. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, I never doubted for a minute that Brandon Lee could effectively pull off the oh, stuff that he was doing. He's an amazing athlete. He was doing all those flips and stuff and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the the comedic back and forth between them was just great. I just thought it was great, and the the movies like it just I don't know it hit the ground running. It just and it like I don't know it was just seemed to be like bam 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 everything was just flowing in a way there was no stretches of sort of it never really lets you let up and let you kind of rest. Oh, I mean, it, like the it left out all the slow parts. Yeah. The little bit of stuff like at the lake house was sort of like the, the respite. And that was like about three minutes of sort of, that was just the romance so they could establish that he built this thing by hand so that when it's completely burned down and destroyed, it would have an impact on the viewer and you would understand right. that this was a big deal. 
but that's the that's the only reason it was as long as it was. So well, you'd understand there was, it was multiple things. But like they saved uh, Tia Carrara, like you know, from that like suicide hotline. Like you know, they went in, he killed a whole bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. Then he took a, took her, you know, to hide her. I guess in his apartment first, but then right. to that house. Right. That um, he built. But you got to see yeah. the nude scene in the hot tub in oh, the yes, backyard, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you got to see a sex scene. Mm-hmm. On a futon. Mm-hmm. I loved well, that. The, was the like thing. the next. Goes, I've got a futon, and Brandon Lee goes, "What's a fucking futon?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I look, motherfucker. I don't, just because you've you've grown up in the valley, you should know what a fucking futon is." Yeah. So it was but, wild um, to me. All of these things. Like, have you ever been to college? Or <laughs> right, exactly. I just in general, a fucking futon. Like he was gonna go. What the fuck is ramen? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> couch. But I loved, what do you mean couch? I loved how. The first wave of dudes come in, and and then he's just like, "Oh, it's like you just defended the first wave in a video game, yes. <laughs> you know?" Yeah. yeah, and so he's just like well, constantly making jokes. He killed like eight or nine guys in that first like influx of people into the lake house without ever firing a shot, right? Right, because it was just all the edged weapons that he was throwing and like through the screens and getting people outside because he just knew they were there. Wasn't it like throwing stars. Well, there were throwing yeah, stars, and yeah, there were these definitely. like little. There were several little things that looked like tiny uh, scythes, like they were like a curved blade, like a, a sickle. Mm-hmm. And he was hooking them in his belt, and he would just like yeah. whip one of those out and like, <laughs> and it would just yeah <laughs> stick into somebody's head. But the like there was little subtle funny stuff like when that starts happening, he gets up, he hears something, and he gets out of bed and comes in, and Brandon Lee's going. We got company, and he says, where is, I can never remember her, Tia Carrera's character's name, but Brandon Lee says, where is she at? And he says, she's in my room. And he's, he uh-huh. just looks like, you motherfucker. Because he had the odds <laughs> for But Who didn't? he said, yeah. well, he said, <laughs> that's a Brandon, fucking gorgeous woman. Jesus. Yeah. He said, uh, she got scared. That's when he says, well, she got scared. And he says, yeah, I saw you strip off of that hot tub. I don't blame her. I would have been scared, too. Yeah, so much talking about his <laughs> then- dick. Yeah, that's when he came out with the, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. But genuinely, I mean, I laughed at so much of it in a way that was like meant for me to laugh at. It wasn't like eye rolling laughter. It was like that shit was funny. Wait, what about in that interrogation scene when he's like in between cooking cycles, like in between their electrocution cycles, like you're supposed to baste us first. (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. I laughed at that. The thing where the dude is it, it, the other guy in the police interrogation room and the dude does what he does and Brendan Lee's reaction to that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to. Well, I don't know how spoilery it is. They get one of the Yakuza guys and they manage to arrest him. Oh, yeah. And he breaks, breaks his, his own, own neck, neck and like oh, yeah. Brendan Lee flies around the table and goes, what the hell? Like, or what the <laughs> fuck? Because he cannot yeah. believe it. Do we think that's possible that you could do Oh, that? I don't know. Uh, it would take a lot of like discipline. I think it's possible to break I your mean, own neck. Hell yeah, it is. Okay. At, at our age? <laughs> yeah. In this, in this economy? <laughs> right. All you got to do is like lay, put the soap down and step on it in the shower. We're done. Oh, no, yeah. No, there's I, definitely I, ways I, to do it, but I don't know if you could do it like that. It was interesting. I threw my back out brushing my teeth one time, and that was very embarrassing. Okay. All right. You, I had to call. <laughs> it's not, it's I had to call our boss. This is not 
glamorous to share, but I had to Brian. I had to call Brian one night yeah. and tell him I could not come to work because I had gotten up and I've been over to lift the seat on the toilet <laughs> and my back caught and I could not stand up. Wow. These were the two buddy cops that were uh, the right men to destroy this drug empire. And it was fantastic. Do. And they do. Yeah, there's like, they just basically, there's like a thing, and I can't remember the specifics of it because it's this, I watched the movie, but it more like washed over me than I really took it all in. But there's a moment towards the end when Dolph Lundgren is going to go get him where there's like a break and then he's just like, 10 steps forward towards the process and racing into this place. There's a fucking thing where Brandon Lee just like lights a fucking lighter and throws it into a big vat and blows up the (laughs) whole place. I was like, what I would have liked. And I, again, I like the movie. So this is, this is me nitpicking, but what I would have liked is maybe if there had been a little moment earlier in the movie where maybe the Yakuza, Yakuza guy is walking those bikers around and showing them stuff and some dude is smoking and he goes, hey, you can't do that in here. This stuff is extremely explosive. If you drop that in the wrong place, the whole place could go up. Sort of set that expectation as like a, ooh, it's dangerous. Be careful. And then it could have been when it blew up, it would have been like, oh, we, we you know, I knew that was going to happen because I was like, holy fucking shit was that a yeah. vault like a vat of gasoline the way that it was a vat of kerosene they were making like well they were making methamphetamine it was clearly that was kerosene clearly i didn't know yeah it was kerosene. i, Did I it didn't say know that that's how you make kerosene no it's just that's how you make meth. How you okay make clearly uh, <laughs> fucking breaking bad over here no i don't know making meth than i do yeah, that's just not the drug I know a lot about. So. But that's like the people that make the, the the Mountain Dew meth and the empty Mountain Dew bottle. They just put all the, the shit in there with the kerosene and just like stick it inside your coat and walk around Dude, with I it for no days. I had no idea until right now that kerosene was any sort of aspect of methamphetamine construction. So. Yeah, same. So, so I, I need it says to a lot about probably, probably does to your body. Well, well I mean, apparently, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. And I know that there are meth lab explosions. Had no idea it was... Related to kerosene, so and this was a meth like yeah the your backyard garage meth labs explode. This was an industrial meth lab. I mean, I know that <laughs> my appearance clearly beli- like implies that I know everything about meth, but honestly, y'all, I don't. So you know, I apologize. <laughs> so you're saying you're more Saul than uh, Walter White? Oh, definitely, definitely more Saul. Um, this movie was a lot of fun. It was yes, it was. It was one of these where probably it would be okay to at least turn off part of your brain before you start it, but like maybe not all of it. Yeah, I, I've got nothing negative to say about this. I mean, I just it was like I I, I, would, I did want to mention the look of the movie because Mark Irwin, who shot like a ton of shit for Cronenberg, and like I was looking at his filmography, he shot so much stuff that like all the street stuff. Beautiful. With then little Tokyo, all the lighting, the neon, all those amazing badass cars that the Yakuza was driving around. Yeah, they really were all the classic oh, cars. Man, that oh, the, those and like car crushing scenes. Yes, and all the man, the car crushing thing with that one. That crazy Heavy battle that, sushi that, <laughs> with that bone stripper. It was yes. so that first thing where they crush the dude, just crush him. The guy yeah. who did the wrong thing. Where you first meet the villain fucking great but then that 
their movie version of like those car chopper things, which is that's not how those things work. But no, I, I but it looked them. cool. It looked cool, and it it got the point across. And I think it was more dramatic than like the real thing would have been. But that was fucking great. I just it it was packed with awesome shit. I, as dumb as a lot of it was, and I don't mean that even I don't even mean that as a negative. Gloriously dumb, wonderfully dumb. Uh-huh. When they were headed for that chopper thing yeah. and they were straining to get out, I was sitting in the chair kind of like leaning in like I was helping. Man. Like I was wanting to push the top of that car up. <laughs> here's, here's what I would. I just, I wish you had watched Ernest Scared Stupid with the same open heart you watched <laughs> this fucking movie with. Because I think you would have gotten I don't know. more out of me. I don't, it just depends on how it strikes you, I guess. It, it's 100% that it's the moment. Because, I mean, I'm listening to you talk about how the comedy landed, and it it, it mostly didn't to me. Oh, but my I God. Really I just enjoyed it. And I ironically enjoyed the comedy as a sort of <laughs> artifact of that era. But I did, not, I did not dislike it, but I just did not think it necessarily landed. I it, thought it was for me, mm-hmm. and I could watch it again and feel completely different. And if I it was could, just, too whatever my headspace was, but to me, like this was some of the best of that kind of like riffy little one liner stuff. Cause I remember watching Tango and cash and just being like, and I love Stallone and I love Kurt Russell. Sure. And I remember watching that and coming away from it, just thinking like, Oh my God, some of that shit was terrible. Yeah. All that one linery bantery shut stuff. Shut your mouth. I'm just saying. I mean, it's no Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, but come on. I thought Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren really pulled it off. Yeah. I just just really enjoyed it. They really did have a good chemistry. There's no doubt about it. And honestly, Dolph Lundgren is, I mean, both of them are really good looking dudes, but there's something, Dolph Lundgren just has a sort of, um, that sort of quality that you just, if he's on screen, I'm looking yeah. at him. He's just—I yeah. just want him to pick me up and carry me around. Well, you did get a very nice birthday, happy birthday message from him, so that That's was true. That was the greatest present that I will ever receive. Was, was Dolph Lundgren really cool. wishing me a happy birthday and gave the cave a shout out? Yes, was we, really we should really play cool. that. Let's play it right here. Hi, Julie. Uh, this is Dolph here. Want to wish you a happy birthday. I know you like. Badass movies with uh, JCVD, Universal Soldier, films like that. And you've got a podcast called Flickers from the Cave. Sounds amazing. So look, um, your friend uh, Christina, she loves you very much. She wants to wish you a happy birthday. And you better enjoy your birthday or I must break you. All right. Okay, Julie, happy birthday and congratulations. I only have one other thing that I'd like to really get into on Showdown in Little Tokyo, and that is the clothes. I loved Brandon Lee's clothes in this movie so fucking much. Those big sort of blousey pants uh-huh. and the fucking cool like zoot suit sort of look. I just fucking loved it. That was the shit I loved when I was in college, the stuff I wanted to wear and that I did wear um, when I would get all dressed up. That was the sort of just fucking thought all that shit was so cool all the fashion all the yakuza guys had like badass suits badass suits and it was all that same sort of early 90s late 80s sort of zoot suity 
like very like very um fluid fabrics and it was just beautiful to look at yeah you know i my favorite outfits were definitely though the bathhouse outfits i mean that's just personal thing but you know i really did (laughs) you're talking about the the diapers yeah that was pretty hot (laughs) where you saw the butt they were like the thongs that looks like some crazy uncomfortable stuff i have to say though i mean but they all looked great in it it's like a walking wedgie (laughs) even the sumo guy the big guy (laughs) oh yeah dude he had one of the greatest death scenes with that whole to the face <laughs> well the, th- the thing where like he's kind of disappeared and then you just see him under the water swimming yeah. like swimming towards the camera yeah, yeah. where that's he's coming great... to get Dolph Lundgren that's yeah, a great fight from, from tank to tank from great fight yeah. choreography there yes yes mm-hmm. there's only I can think of one bathhouse fight better than that and that's the one in Eastern Promises mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's a very <laughs> you see a lot of dogs. But that's also... With knives dangerously close to that, some dogs. That's also a very different tone of fight. Yes. Totally. Or, oh, that's, good movie. It's damn good. <laughs> Don't ever want to watch it again, quite frankly. What's that noise? Oh, that's Choo-choo. the dream. Oh, okay. Sorry. It sounded like somebody dragging something across like a tile floor. I was like, what is that? It's about that time old boxcar Julie rolled in. and I, I cooked like- a big pot of pinto beans, so it could have been me. I did make There's chili like two yesterday. two or three trains an hour. Wow. You need a <laughs> conductor hat to wear while you're living it'd be, there. It'd be awesome. Man, like a bell. A window and wave. A bell yeah, to ring and the hat and the train There's whistle. one track that's like right there, like right mm-hmm. next to my window. And uh, the rail line technically comes into my apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's only like a couple times a week that that comes through. But I can I can wave to the conductor. All right, so clearly we, uh, we're we big fans of both these movies. So, Julie, thanks for uh, bringing these along. I'd never seen either. Um, uh, I was aware of Red Scorpion. I'd seen the box a million times, but I'd never seen it. Would have never seen it, so that was a lot of fun. Showdown a Little Tokyo, I think I was aware of, but I, again, never would have watched it. So thanks for, for uh, bringing these into our uh, existence. It was a, a 100% solid episode. Awesome. So, Julie, you you got to know that when Mike and I know it's your turn, we sort of brace ourselves. I like, know. What's it going to be? Well, I mean, and, but that's also true of everybody. Uh, hopefully you think that sometimes. Hopefully, like, you're kind of going, oh, Jesus Christ, what fucking shitty weird-ass thing are they going to bring along that's going to make me squirm? Yeah. No, I or love it. it because- what's either going to make you squirm or what's going to put you to sleep because it's like some 1970s. Oh, some of that shit that we talked about I last don't- episode. Well, I don't love the dramas, but I'm always very (laughs) thankful for you guys because you get me out of my like standard like bullshit, like where I like rinse and repeat certain movies like these Mm -hmm. two movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's that's the beauty of of the the dynamic here. I think is that you get pushed out of your comfort zone a little bit and forced to sort of. When we finally change the format to each of us taking a turn and picking a thing, things got so much more interesting and Mm -hmm. I think so much better. And it's really nice to have like a long time between having to pick a movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's a struggle for me every time. Like, Oh fuck, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Cause I got, I'm basically I'm forcing something on you two and I don't want to force you two to watch shit, but I, you know, I generally pick stuff I haven't seen, so I'm rolling the dice every fucking time. So mm-hmm. it's it's nice when something really really fun comes along. So thank you. Great. Yeah, I'm I mean so that's that's, that you that's guys it's, enjoyed these. it's a gamble every time. <laughs> so um, 
what well, in the time we have left, let's talk about what else we've been watching up to this point. Um, so, uh, Julie, I know that you had some big news you wanted to talk to us about. Uh, we were texting last night. Wait, big news? Yeah. You said you would watch that new Scream movie. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet because it comes out on Thursday, which I have oh, okay. tickets to. And um, today is right, my well, last look. day of quarantine. <laughs> so so I'm very pumped to get out of my house and be okay. And also I was a little worried about going into a movie theater scenario. So now yeah. I'm super happy that like. You I'm should be. COVID negative How, as of Did today. you quarantine to the uh, current uh, CDC guidelines, which oh, is a week? Or? Let me tell you that the current CDC guidelines told me that technically after five days, I should be okay. But which, wear a mask. But right, wear a mask. For, but after day five, I went to. Um, I went to get a test, and that test came mm-hmm. back positive. So um, today, I'm going to take a test before you know it's day ten. But yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I felt better than ever. I woke up feeling fantastic. I'm just awesome. like really fatigued and just foggy in my head, obviously. But that's sort of normal for me. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, yeah, but me too. this is like kind of worse than ever. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so I feel, yeah, I feel like I just like pooped out COVID yesterday and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I did not know there was a new Scream movie coming. I saw trailers last night and I was just like, wait a minute, that's fucking Nev Campbell. Wait a minute, that's David Arquette. Yeah. So and I was like, I thought you and I had. Face. I thought you and I had talked about it, Marty, because I, I had seen the the trailer and it looked. The trailer looks great. I think it's cool. I mean, I was like excited. I was like, oh, "This looks cool. I hope it's good." I do oh too. My God, I am so pumped. I love the Scream series. It's yeah, always yeah. to me like. I mean, I grew up with it. I've seen every single one, opening weekend in the theater, like since wow. they've come out. So this is not wow. going to change. I'm going on Thursday to the Alamo <laughs> in Raleigh. Um, okay. Cool. And, and I just think that, like, Scream franchise is so fun because it's, like, unique. And Ghostface has different personalities because it's different people. And usually it's, like, a tag team, you know. Of course, in three, it's only one person. And um, it's just fun. It's like, ooh, which character is going to make it? Which one's not, you know? like. And then Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and um, Dewey, like, all of them are, like, the last yeah. men standing and they've been in four, and, like, are they going to really make it to five? Like, this is wild. Um, so, you know, who's going to be the new Randy? And Randy is the, um, you know, the um, Jamie Kennedy character. I love like, that. the smart guy. Okay. And and so, like, in four, like, he wasn't around, but Kirby was there. And she had an off-screen death, so I think she might come back, but maybe she won't. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but so there's by the time that, like, this episode comes out, you will have seen the movie. Oh my god, I'm gonna be in the theater, COVID free, just hanging out. All right. Well, I misunderstood. I did not. I, I so your news was that you had tickets for it, not that you had seen it. I didn't even know it was happening. I so was I just didn't know when it was released. Excited to talk about it. That's all. Cool. Yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I watched all four. I've had a lot of time on my hands in the last mm-hmm. ten days, mm-hmm. so yeah. I've I've watched a ton of movies, but uh, I definitely watched all four, and then. Um, watch them again <laughs> all right now the hard question have you watched anything in the last 10 days that you hadn't already seen oh that is such a good question um you know i'm gonna be honest uh i 
did. And they you were did? Oh, wow. very embarrassing Christmas movies that I probably shouldn't uh, talk about. But like one of them oh, had no, like, <laughs> okay, one of them had the Joseph brothers or no, the Lawrence brothers, uh, Joey. Oh, yeah. Joey and, Lawrence. And, and then yeah. the cuter one who's like younger than him. I always had a crush on that dude. And they were fighting over this girl with some kind of like mistletoe mix up. It was very horrendous and amazing at the same time. Okay. Was this um, like on the Hallmark channel? It was on Amazon Prime. Um, okay. You know, so I just, it probably had been on Hallmark. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Is that was it was it called mistletoe mix up? Yeah. I mean, I don't recommend that to anyone. Um, no, I'm just curious who <laughs> I just I'm curious who made it. Because, like, I have discovered and watched and like seeing these that a huge quantity of these, uh, like Hallmark or the Amazon, like all those kind of movies are directed by like Fred and Ray and like all these sort of low budget genre guys. Oh, okay, or guys that make like horror or like action movies, a lot of money in Christmas movies. You're damn right, and they're going to be shown every year. I was not expecting to talk about these. It's kind of embarrassing. Well, it's just the what? No, it's the what have you been watching thing. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, just run them down. What else has been happening that you've been watching? Ooh, okay. Well, let me talk about some of the fun ones. Um, so, talked about Scream. I think mm-hmm. I've talked about Attack the Block before. But I love that movie. It's man, that movie just gives me such comfort. I love it. It makes me laugh. It's a great comedy. Um, yeah, so um, you know, it has that kind of siege thing that we love, like mm-hmm. where they're like holed up in in a, like a low rent like apartment building. Um, oh, okay, Corey Haim in Watchers. Oh, really? Dane Koontz, yeah. Yeah, that was a super fun movie. Um, Really enjoyed that. I haven't seen that in a really long time. Yeah, I read um, the book, but didn't see the movie. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since I was a little kid. Mm. And uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm old. Okay, so I've been going down a path, um, and his name is Lorenzo Lamos. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so I watched <laughs> one and two, which I own those, so that was cool. I don't own three. Um, but that's called the swordsman. Is that what that said? Oh, sorry. No. So yeah, snake eater is, uh, I definitely watched that series. And then the swordsman, I watched one now two is currently stuck in my VCR. So I'm going to have to do a tape head repair later today. I haven't had Ooh. any problems in six months. So wish me luck. Not but, good. Um, good luck. The swordsman two is uh, gladiator cop. God, he looks so good with his shirt off. Um, Did you ever watch his TV show? Renegade. Renegade, yeah. It's basically him riding around on a motorcycle fighting crimes and stuff. It's like uh it's it's Yojimbo. <laughs> it's like I bet it's I bet it's on 2B or one of those like free well, things. Has to you be. watch the whole fucking thing. Has to be. Renegade was the name of it, yeah. Okay. But Snake Eater is the thing I'm most familiar with for him. Yeah. Ooh, I watched this movie, Terminal Justice. It's kind that of like a shitty demolition man no that's lorenzo lamas there's that, some uh, uh, another lorenzo sex lamas? in here hubba hubba there's um, your quest and drugs that is the quest yeah okay. um so that's pretty fun but um yeah right now i'm just stuck on um uh lamas lamas 
Toliamas. That's Monty Python. So, Mike, what about you? What have you been watching? Okay, uh, since the last time we did this, I've watched uh, some stuff that I've seen like a lot. Like I've watched The Untouchables again, mm-hmm. which uh, holds up like amazingly. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. like ballet of over the top violence and like cocky bravado cinematography yeah, and stuff. Just wish it had a little more machismo in it, you know? Yes. Just everybody walking around with their balls hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I'm, size balls. <laughs> well, there's not any, unless you get them like made by, I don't know, like, uh, or it's a nature documentary and you got like elephants and shit on. There. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, we watched, uh, a movie called parole violators made by the same dude that did, I think action USA, no, yeah, action, no, not Action USA. He did uh, Kill Squad. Okay. The Kill Squad guy that we did Kill Squad okay. on the podcast. So we watched Parole Violators. It is terrible and wonderful at the same time. A lot of stupid fun. Uh, lock Up with Stallone. And, uh, God, a lot of people, like a really young, uh, slightly less dangerous looking Tom Sizemore. Uh, but it, and Donald, uh, not Donald Pleasance, uh, Donald Sutherland. Uh, okay. We watched the Albert Pune movie Vicious Lips. Oh wow! Which About the rock band, which was surprisingly good. Yeah, it's it's been one I've been wanting to do on the podcast. So thanks for taking that. Yeah, it's actually, I man, I had <laughs> my expectations were were measured, but I was. I would hope so with Mr. Pune. I was, but he's you know. He has moments. He has moments of greatness. Absolutely. Um, the Terminator, just because it's the Terminator, of course. Oh yeah. Which one is that? <laughs> yeah. What's that about? <laughs> I think I've seen that once. It's about a guy who like goes around and kills bugs for people. Oh. Uh, watch Shaun of the Dead again. Uh, Christmas Story, obviously, because this sort of rolls through the holidays. So, Christmas Story. We watched Vampire's Kiss, the Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. And. I had a memory of it and yeah, I've seen it, but it was, it, I had an experience with it that I had with another movie that I know you're not usually a, a fan of Marty, which is Barton Fink. I think the first time I watched Barton Fink, I was sort of like, I don't know why I'm watching this or what I'm watching. Right. And then I watched it again, not so long ago and realized it is a comedy. It is a terrible, dark comedy, but it is a comedy. And the same thing is true of Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. It is such a weird, darkly comic thing. I don't remember thing. him the cockroach. I don't remember anything. It is full of insane stuff. Uh, yeah, I remember him overacting like crazy, doing yeah. a normal cage thing, <laughs> and him eating a cockroach. I don't remember anything else. It is maybe the most over top, over the top thing he's done. Yeah. I mean, it is super That's over-top. saying something. It is. <laughs> uh, Die Hard, thing. of course. Die Hard. Uh, it's a Christmas movie, right? American were American Werewolf in London. Okay, just because it's amazing. Uh, the Long Goodbye, a Robert Altman movie from '73 mm-hmm. with, uh, with Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould, which was great. Uh, the French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson thing, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Animal House, Bubba Hotep, Lolita. Uh, the man that wasn't the man who wasn't there. The Coen Brothers movie with Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, that's a great movie. It is really good. I'd never seen it. It was one of the Coen movies that just sort of slipped through the cracks, and I never saw it. I was really blown away. 
I saw uh, that at, at the um, at, like art house theater in Durham when it came out. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I've never seen it. That was really it's cool. Really good. Really like an There's amazing a ton of Cohen stuff I haven't seen. So uh, we watched Ghosts of Mars, <laughs> the John Carpenter Why? movie. Nice. Oh, that's a bad movie. I don't hate that movie. There were, I had seen it and did not like it. And there, yeah. there, it is not a great movie. And it is, it is, if anybody else, if it was anybody else, it would be almost not as bad. But because I know that Carpenter can do like really amazing stuff, it, it makes it kind of worse. But like, I wound up actually enjoying it, but. And as much as I like the guy, man, Ice Cube is bad in that I movie. just remember not liking that movie. I think the last thing that I've seen from Carpenter that I really liked was that Cigarette Burns uh, yeah. episode of uh, Masters of Horror. It's good. It's really good. Um, and so Ghost of Mars, then we watched this stuff this week for the podcast. There's something else that we watched. Now I'm drawing a blank. But so, I mean, I've, we've, I've been all over yeah. the map. So a lot of interesting stuff. So, Julie, I just thought of a thing. Yeah. Did you watch New York City Ninja? Oh, yeah, New York Ninja. Yeah, so you didn't talk about that. So, I mean, that's the one we, we've talked about. I don't know if people have seen in the news, but this is this lost movie that was found, and then they brought in a bunch of martial artists and other people to record audio because the film existed without any sort of soundtrack. And so they composed music, recorded audio for the different speaking parts. And it was people like Don, the dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock and different sort of, you know, people of note that did it. And the movie is supposed to be completely bonkers. So what's your review? The movie's amazing. And cool? it is a total gem it is a crime that it was not like, uh, it was sitting in storage for that long. I think like 35 years or something. Right. Um, so yeah, they did an incredible job. Um, I, I loved every second of it. I so have it's it. called New York Ninja. Yeah. So here's the cover. Vinegar Syndrome came out with like a mm -hmm. really beautiful release of this, and um, also Lunch Meat made a VHS tape of it, and I definitely. Oh, I it. hope. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. So uh, if um, it. Yeah, no, I think it's just new. DVD will be oh. coming to one of you. I want to, um, yeah, I want to borrow that. Yeah, so I'll swap you uh, Slime City for that. Oh, cool. Okay, wait, did you watch Slime City? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. It did was we talk about that? I don't think we did. We might have. I don't know. I think I might have texted you about it. But yeah. okay, love so, that. Movie. All right, I just wanted to get that in because I remembered it and I was and I was waiting to hear what you thought about it and I'd forgotten. I loved so anyway. every second of it. Yeah. This movie is definitely for me. So, um, speaking Ninja of movies, sold. That, uh, speaking of movies that Julie recommended, she recommended a movie called villains that I watched and it's fucking awesome. I'm glad you liked it. So I was blown away by it. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Everybody was great in it and it was just completely compelling it sped along really, really great. So villains from 2019. Then on uh, um, HBO Max, I think, I watched a movie called Freaky with Vince Vaughn. One of the best, like, horror, because it is a horror as much as anything else. It's basically a serial killer comedy. Like, fucking 
Freaky Amazing. Friday kind of switch. Yes, but in this case, it's a young girl in high school switches places with a big giant serial killer played <laughs> by Vince Vaughn. So you have Vince Vaughn running around acting like a young high school girl. Meanwhile, this young high school girl is going around murdering people viciously because they did a Freaky Friday swap. So it's a body swap switcheroo, and it is fucking amazing, and you should watch it. Um, I also watched the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Really liked it. Um, I watched an old movie from 1955 called Bad Day at Black Rock that starred um, Spencer um, Tracy. And everybody else, Ernest Borgnine and Robert Ryan and a bunch of other people. It's goddamn amazing. Um, really, really cool. Um, uh, watched Anna and the Apocalypse because it's a Christmas movie. It's a zombie musical. Really, really, really great. Highly recommended. Krampus from 2015. A lot of people don't like Crazy. it. I thought it was great with Adam Ooh. Scott and a bunch of people. Really a fun horror movie. I didn't realize Adam Scott was in that. He's the lead. He plays the dad. Okay. Uh, the and the co one of the co leads is um, David Koechner. Oh, I like the Koechner a lot. Then I watched the new Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections, which Ooh. Mike, you still haven't watched, right? I have not. I want to. It's been so long since I've seen the you third know, it's one. Not going to be on HBO Max much longer. Well, it's been so long since I've seen that. Do I need to watch the third one before I rewatch or before I watch the new one? Honestly, I would look and see how much longer it's going to be on HBO Max, and maybe just watch it. Okay. Instead of hemming and hawing about it. I mean, it's, it, they don't, they're not, they're not leaving these like at the theater two movies on there very long. Like Dune was on there, I think a month or something like right. that. Um, and I, I watched it on the 23rd. So you've got, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, Is that, do you know the date exactly when it's going to go away? No, that's what I'm saying. Look it up. And then if you've got time, you can do whatever you want as far as like rewatching. But, um, I, I mean, it's worth watching. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't perfect by any stretch and there were things I didn't like about it, but I thought it was interesting. And some of the choices they make as far as, um, uh, establishing this new sort of background and stuff, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty creative. Um, I watched the movie don't look up from, um, um, the dude that did uh, big short Adam McKay, Adam McKay. Yeah. What did you it's think? It's the big, I liked it. It's, yeah. uh, I thought it was funny, but it's also soul crushing. And the ending wrecked me, just totally wrecked me. It was just so beautiful. Is it um, a drama? Everybody's, it's a very dark comedy, um, political satire. Okay. Uh, it's good. Um, it's interesting. It's about global warming, but they do a little switcheroo, do an allegory story where instead of the global warming destroying the earth, it's a meteor coming and it's going to kill everybody. And it's about how people just turn their back on it. Basically, the meteor's coming. We'll just don't look up and it will all be okay, <laughs> is the idea. Okay. And there's an, in the movie, there's a political movement called the Don't Look Up Party. And they're like, yeah, we don't look up. It's the fucking anti-maskers. Oh, it's right. the people that say global warming's not a thing. It's the science deniers. Denial so of science, exactly. It's an allegory for it. That's the whole point. It's And it's good. Um, I watched um, Reno 9-11, The Hunt for QAnon. Oh, I'm excited. Really, really, really funny. Great cast. Um, and it's the Reno 911 guys, and it's fucking amazing. Um, Bird Box. Had never seen Bird Box from 2018. Is that the Sandra Bullock? Yes, it is as rough and grim a thing as I have seen. Really? Frankly, and it surprised me how grim and dark it was. Hmm. Um, it 
I, I've told Mike this, like the thing it most reminded me of is this movie called The Road with Viggo Mortensen. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Which is fucking rough about like some shit where it is not fun at all to live in this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, that book so anyway, is no walk in the park either. No, I've read the book and <laughs> seen the movie. Um, I watched a movie called, or not a movie, but it's a Korean series called The Silent Sea that's on Netflix. It's really fucking good. Science fiction movie. Um, set in the future, another post-apocalyptic thing. Very good. Um, watched an old movie, Julie, that you are a big fan of called The Quest, also known as Frog Dreaming. Yes. From Brian Trenchard Smith, um, starring Henry Thomas from E.T. And wow, what a delight that was. Yeah. We, like okay. a fun old adventure movie. Very Goonies, but like with just a couple of kids instead of a squad of kids. It is. Now, I haven't seen that in a while, so refresh my memory, but that's the one with the creepy like scene where they're driving and then the old lady like shows her hand. No? I don't think so. Okay. No, it's so Henry Thomas is an American kid who is adopted by a guy in Australia and he's an inventor and a yeah. mechanic and all this stuff and he does makes all these gadgets and things and he's very curious and quizzical and he likes to explore and they talk about the aboriginals and they learn about all the like magic in the world and he's got a cute little girl across the street that he likes and she likes him and and it's like it's such a kid movie but it's got like this real sense of adventure and fun and Brian Trenchard Smith like is he's awesome no joke yeah he's just awesome so anyway, that was a, just a completely delight. I think I watched it on Tubi or Pluto or something. Anyway, Kino? it was really, really good. It was on Kino. That's right. Kino mm-hmm. Lorber. Uh, Kino Cult had it. Um, and I've also gotten a box set of the Kolshak, the Night Stalker TV series from the uh, 70s. And oh my God, does it hold up? It's so fucking good. I've watched about mm, seven or eight episodes and I'm... I'm in love all over again. Yeah, I've got the set and haven't started watching it yet, but I'm very excited. But you didn't? Did you get the Blu-ray set? I think so. The new one that just came out. Uh, I don't know, man. I've had it for a year, so probably not. Then it's not the new one, so yeah. Because the new one's from Kino, that's why I'm remembered it because Julie said Kino. So yeah. that's what I've been watching. So. So this was uh, it was good. We are kicking off 2022 with a couple of really fun movies and a fucking million other things we've watched and to recommend. So um, we w- we want to say thanks for sticking with us into the new year and uh, moving forward. So please uh, reach out to us with your thoughts, comments, prayers, and or monetary donations. You can reach us at flickersfrom at yahoo.com or flickersfrom at gmail.com. We are... As ever on Facebook, Flickers from the Cave. And talk to us on Instagram, Flickers yeah. from the Cave. And, oh, Slasher and Letterboxd. Yes, our Letterbox diary for the podcast has just been updated to make sure nothing has slipped through the cracks. Cool. And you can um, also find us on Twitter, where we are at Cave Walls. And before we sign off, I just want to send out a uh, special thank you to Nick Caesar, who did some really amazing artwork for us. Oh, man. Um, really, really, like, it was a great Christmas present to us all. And um, we look we so cute it. as monsters. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. I've, I've got some plans for some things I'm going to do with that. So we'll uh, you know, man, keep your eyes open. You are a talented individual, sir. So thank you for that. And thank you for listening. So 
Um, Mike, Julie, let's uh, go out here. I think there's a parade happening out in the street, and uh, I want to get in on it before uh, all the fireworks go off. What are we going to call this in the police report? How about community relations? Well, we blew up the crime scene, we killed the suspects, and joined the local parade. I like it. <laughs>